Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson, a timely lesson, because why? March 24th, sundown, 2018, begins what? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. When the sun goes down on March 24th, it's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So, we wanted to go into a lesson, um, and it will be called The Spiritual Significance of the Unleavened Bread. So, we're going to go into some of the history in, in regards to why we celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Those of us who study history or know the traditions of the Israelites... The new year is in the spring. After you have equal parts night, equal parts day, 14 days later, you have the Passover. The 15th day of that month, which is the first month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that's a seven-day feast. So we want to show the spiritual significance behind that particular holy day that we remember. And we're going to give you the history. We're going to start in Exodus 12 and 1. Exodus 12 verse 1 And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Read that one more time. Verse 2 This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Right, to prove to you that this is the first month and we're not following the time of the Gentiles. This is the proof that our time would be different. The Bible's time is clearly different. Why? Because he's telling Moses what time it is. Mm-hmm. Moses was second in, in command in Egypt. So he knew what time it was in their, you know, on their calendar. So the Most High said, read it again, brother. Verse 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Right. So do we think that Moses didn't know what month he was in? No, he knew what month he was in, but the Most High was establishing a new time. Therefore, we can't follow the days that the Gentiles follow. Because according to the Bible, it's incorrect. You can't substantiate it. January 1st is not a new year. January 1st is not a new year, brothers and sisters. March is the first month of the year. February is the twelfth month, brothers and sisters. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Right. We needed to highlight that because just in case somebody, you know, worldwide hears this broadcast, will have an understanding when it says the first month and they don't think it's January. Because why? We're going to show you why. Daniel 7 and 25. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, brothers and sisters. Daniel 7 and 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And think to what? Change times and laws. Right, so they would change the times, brothers and sisters. They would tell you the new year is in what? January. So they would start to change the times. Not only would they change when months are, they would change when the holy days are. They would change the Passover to Easter. Even now, when you look on your traditional calendars, the days that they have for Passover and you know some of the up uh, perim, they're all incorrect. 
So even though they knew you would wake up, they still put a deception in and mass produce. You think they would mass produce a calendar of the Hebrews, of the Israelites? Those days that are on on those calendars are incorrect, brothers and sisters. Now, we're not going to attack anybody because they're following it on an incorrect day. Because at least they're following it and they're looking towards it. So the most I can bring them to the truth. But for uh, for you know for our church... The Most High blesses with the correct time, the correct calendar. So we're going to follow that, and we're going to, you know, promote that through the world. Read that one more time, brother. Verse twenty-five, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Right. So they would think to change times and laws, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that the time have been changed. That's why the Most High had to what? Give Moses the time. So understand that it is going to be a little bit different as you go into these scriptures if you don't know the correct time. And this is not speaking of January, brothers and sisters. This is speaking of March. March 23rd, sundown. To the 24th of sundown is what? The Passover. That following day, which is a Sunday, is what? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. We're going to go to Psalms 147 and 19. Because why? A lot of people aren't going to follow this particular holy day. A lot of people aren't going to follow the new year being in March. Why is that? Because some people may ask the question, how come nobody else knows this? But we know it. Did we make this up off the top of our head? Psalms 147 and 19. He showeth his words unto Jacob. Read that again. He showeth his word unto Jacob. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel. See, so he only gave the time. He only gave the holy days to us. That's why Gentiles can sin and not be punished for it. Because why? They're not under the law. That's why they sin and get away with it. Until the end. The final judgment. But they don't get... You know, they don't get paid back when they do something wrong. It's because they're not under the law, brothers and sisters. They're not going to follow this time because they're not under this time. This time was given to who? Read that, read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. He showeth his words unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Right. So we needed to show you that they would change the times. And the time was given who? To Israel and only Israel. Let's go back to Exodus 12. So we can go into the story of the feast where the Feast of Unleavened Bread originated. We're going to Exodus 12. We're going to start at 2. Exodus 12, verse 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Right. So they were eating this lamb, brothers and sisters, after it was sacrificed. Of course, you had to drain the blood out first. That's why I had to be taken four days prior. So it needed to be separated first. And on the 14th day, is when that lamb was sacrificed. We're going to prove it. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep 
Or from the goats. Right, from the sheep or the goats. So this lamb had to be unblemished, which means it couldn't have any issues of blood. That's what this is saying. This had to be a perfectly uh, a perfect animal, brothers and sisters. In its youth. Continue. Verse 6. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Right. See, so on the 14th day, when the sun... It said... Read that again, brother. Verse 6. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Kill it in the evening. So that means in the evening is when Christ was was cru- was crucified. So around 2-ish, we'll have our feast in between the hours of 2 and 6 because that's the evening. Because why? The sun goes down shortly after that. So Christ was crucified towards the end of the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. The evening. The same way in the Old Testament... The the lamb was sacrificed at the evening to show you that Christ fulfilled it perfectly. This is what he meant when he was saying he came to fulfill the law. Continue, brother. Verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast read, with fire. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire. And unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Right. Now notice that even on the Passover they already weren't having unleavened bread. This wasn't even the feast of unleavened bread. But they didn't have leaven that that day. Notice it also says that they ate the flesh. So you would roast it on a fire then you would eat it. That's how we celebrate. That was. Read that one more time brother. Verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. Roast with fire. And unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Right. So bitter herbs, unleavened bread, lamb. That was the meal. That was the Passover meal, brothers and sisters. Now it's going to go into how to prepare that meal. Continue, brother. Verse 9. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden that at all with water. Sodden means boil. Do not boil the lamb. It has to be roasted. Remember the Bible said that, brothers and sisters. That smell of it being roasted, that was part of the sacrifice for the Most High, to smell that. That's why he said the, the, the smells, the solemn feasts, that was part of the sacrifice. It has to be roasted. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain, remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. Right, so we wasn't supposed to eat leftovers, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 11. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Right, so we needed to be girded, have all of our belongings, be ready, shoes on, eat and get ready to go. Because why? When the lamb passed over, it was going to... It was going to destroy the firstborn of the children of of Egypt and some Israelites. Some Israelites were so intertwined into Egypt's, you know, being accepted. They didn't put the mark on their doors and their children died, too. So what Pharaoh would be, uh, he would be angered. He would lose his his temperament and he would allow us to go quickly. So we must leave quickly before he changed his mind. So the most I said, be ready, because what I said is going to happen will happen tonight. And if you were caught outside of doors with the blood during that time, then 
you would destroy it also. And everybody that was in that house was covered under the blood. So everybody didn't have to put blood on themselves. If it was five people in a home, the blood over that door where you had the feast at, and the death angel would come and pass over your house, and you would be safe. So this is the Passover, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue. Verse 12. <clears throat> For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. He said man and beast. So the Most High is not a respecter of persons. Beast die also. Died also. Continue. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye, where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Right. See, so the blood was a token. The blood was a token, brothers and sisters. Do we put blood on our doors now? No, of course not. We don't do that. We do it with the New Testament. Christ is the blood. We received it when we were baptized. Christ is the blood, brothers and sisters. So I know some people would like to think that, you know, because they're looking for a reason not to celebrate it, that people are actually draining the blood out of lambs and putting it on doorposts. Because I actually had a sister tell me that one time before. She said she wasn't going to celebrate the Passover because it seemed mystical. And she didn't want to put blood on her doors. We don't do that anymore, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Throughout your generations, brothers and sisters. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Forever. Now, I'm... It troubles me because I don't understand how somebody can look at that word forever and think it doesn't mean forever. I'm still perplexed how somebody can see that word forever and then say we don't need to do it anymore. (laughs) Continue, brother. Verse 15. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Read that again. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread... From the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Right, see, so that person was to be cut off from Israel, even if it was a Gentile, because it was Gentiles that followed this also, because they they realized that the God of the Hebrews or the Israelites was the true God. So there was Gentiles even then that left out of Egypt with us, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 16. <clears throat> and in the first day... There shall be in holy convocation. Now notice it said unleavened bread. We had unleavened bread because we were in haste. So we ran and didn't have leaven. So he wanted that to, you know, be a reminder or remembrance to us that what? The Most High wants us to remember the leaven in us. That's what he really, that's the spiritual significance of it. The leaven that's in you. What makes you rise? Because see, anybody who has been to a bakery or baked before understand that a little leaven changes the entire outcome. You can have a lot of flour with a little leaven. It will change the entire outcome of it, brothers and sisters. So what? We must view the unfavorable that's within us during this time. That's what the spiritual significance is. Continue, brother. Verse 16. And in the first day, there shall be in holy convocation. So on the first day, you have a feast. Continue. And in the seventh day, there shall be in holy convocation to you. And on the last day, you come together and have a feast. 
No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. That on, So the only work you can do on the Passover is preparing the food. That's the only work you're supposed to be doing. Read that last part again, brother. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. Right. So those who are preparing food for the Passover, that work was lawful during this time. So we needed to give you a little history um, of where the Feast of Unleavened Bread came from, uh, what was the reasoning behind it. And now we know that the leaven that we must be cognizant of is a a leaven within us. We must be cognizant from Passover to Passover to keep our sins miniature. There's something in you, something in me that wants you to do the wrong thing and go back to that person that you used to be. No matter who you are, even Paul struggled with that. There's always something in you saying, don't do it. Don't do that. Just go do something else. There's something in us. That's that leaven that we must. There's Some of us have anger issues. Some people have done, you know, had struggles with drugs. Some people have a mouth that's, you know, vulgar. Some people have gossiping issues. There's something there that if it's triggered, may cause you to go back to, who you were before. So we must be cognizant of the ingredients. You notice like, you know, some of you all would be your first unleavened bread, but you have the leaven police <laughs> during that week. Everybody's like, oh, what's in that? Let me see that. Let me flip it on the back. Is that leaven? Does that got yeast in it? <laughs> you know, Israel, when really we should be policing ourselves. We should be policing ourselves, brothers and sisters, to see is there, what is there that will make you rise. Because some people will say, yeah, I, you know, I'm really a quiet person. I don't get angry. But if you push me there, then I'll go there. And then you can't stop me. So then you're saying that there's something there. And if somebody take you there, they're not going to want to see what, what comes from that. So we all know that there's something there that we need to attend to, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians Five and seven. First Corinthians five, verse seven. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. Read that again, brother. Verse seven. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ or our Passover is sacrificed for us. Right. So what causes us to be negative? You can't just look at the physical leaven. You actually have to look at the spiritual leaven. That's within us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Right. Leaven is what was in us formerly before we came to the truth, before we actually started to follow Christ, made a decision that we, you know, going through the water is something we want to do if we haven't done it yet, but it's something that we know is required or we've done it. When you go back to that person, that's the leaven. That's the leaven. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread signifies something greater. It was a resemblance of how we should be under Christ, unleavened. That's what we should be. Continue, brother. Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Read that one more time. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Right. So when somebody tells you that you don't have to follow the feast, you go straight here 
They say, well, what feast is he talking about? What feast are the disciples talking about right here if we're not supposed to follow feast? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Right. So this would be a remembrance to look within personally for those things that cause us to rise, that cause that thing to progress that's in us. So Paul was teaching that we are to keep the feast. It was as a reminder of our sacrifice and, you know, how we should examine ourselves from Passover to Passover. You shouldn't just examine. We shouldn't just examine ourselves during unleavened bread. But unleavened bread is a reminder to remember that we all need to check ourselves to make sure that that thing that's there. Because why? That thing came with Adam. So you do have it there. We all have it there. It came with Adam. It's that wicked heart. That came with what? With, with Adam. Now, brothers and sisters, we must realize that in history, during the time of Christ, a lot transpired during Christ's Passover. You had betrayal. You had denial. You had accusations. So everything that <laughs> we're looking to sh- stay away from was going on during this time. Remember, you had Peter who what denied Christ. You had Judas who was accusing Christ. You had Judas who betrayed Christ. All of this was going on. So that's what you have to realize, brothers and sisters. This has nothing to do with you because you're an Israelite that you can trust. We got to start to look down in ourselves because why? Nobody really wants to be the Judas. But is it? could it be me? Could it be something there in me that would cause me to? And that's what we must all examine, brothers and sisters. We must scrutinize ourselves. Therefore, we make sure we stay unleavened. Uh, read 7 and 8 one more time, brother. Verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, uh, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Right. So we must... Check your spiritual leaven levels, brothers and sisters. This is the time for self-examination. This is the time for all of us, including myself. Each individual have things that we can work on. You're not Christ. Neither am I. So anybody who says that there's not something there that they know that they need to maybe lower. It's just like brothers know. they You create a fighter and then you put his attributes all the way up, right? When you're creating up speed, all the way up, agility, all the way up, strength, all the way up. Now we need to do some of that in our life. Bring down the anger one, right? Bring up the patience one. So there's things that we all need to work on, brothers and sisters. And this is the time to examine it. We all should examine ourselves. Let's go to Luke 12 and 1. Luke 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, in so much that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, be ye, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Right, to prove to you that leaven is also something that's not, that have nothing to do with bread. Something spiritual also. 
leaven. It says the leaven of the Pharisees. Why? Because they were dealing in what? Hypocrisy, duplicity, deception. So beware of that transgression that they're dealing with. Because why? What were the Pharisees doing? They were they were trying to they were killing people for breaking laws, and then they wouldn't follow the law. They wouldn't get baptized. They were contending with Christ. So that leaven is something that's spiritual. That's spiritual, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that. Leaven is not just yeast. There's a spiritual leaven. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 22. Ephesians 4 and 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Right. So the conversations we had before being reborn that remind us of, of our old selves, those conversations we have to put away. We can't have those same conversations, brothers and sisters. We can't have those same conversations. There's certain words where I, my mouth can't form them. And when I do try to form them, I just start stuttering because I'm not even supposed to be saying it. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to formulate it. Just tell somebody I'm not saying it. I just don't talk like that anymore. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. See, that old man. That's that leaven. That old man, that old woman. What can turn you back into that? What's that one thing? Some of us may have four or five things. And that's okay. You work on one thing at a time. Therefore, you get stronger. Okay, I know I need to work on that. Okay, I need, I need to work on that. Okay, now I got that. I'm going to work on this. That's, what, that's where we should be at, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Right. So if you don't watch that old man, he will rise. If you don't watch that old woman, sisters, she will rise. Continue. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man. Right. So be, be renewed. Have your mind renewed. We got to keep an eye on that leaven, brothers and sisters, because why? Baptism is usually the pinnacle or the peak where those spirits flee. But there's one spirit that stays. There's one spirit that will never leave, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Right. So a lot of times we'll know that something's wrong. And maybe somebody may come tell you something about your conduct. And then what? You'll try to, we'll try to deflect it. Try to protect it. Right? You, we already knew that there was an issue. But when somebody else... Because why? Sometimes we can't see it. But everybody else sees it. Everybody else sees what's going on with you. And you don't see it. But if somebody try to say something to us, what? Now we're defensive. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Right. Now we're going to show you who the old man was. Continue. Verse 20. Verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his, with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry. 
and sin not. Be ye angry and sin not. Because why? People are going to make you mad. People are going to make you mad. There's going to be misunderstandings, brothers and sisters. There's certain triggers that will make you angry. You got to understand that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right. So don't let the sun go down on your wrath, brothers and sisters. So number one, you can be angry, sin not. But remember, when that anger comes, it's a test. It's a test that's trying to trigger you. So there's certain triggers. There's certain things that make you angry. And that's what we got to get to. That's what we have to learn how to control, brothers and sisters. Read that uh, last scripture again, brother. Verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right. So be cognizant when you feel that thing bubbling in your belly. And you feel it. You know you're about to, you're about to scream. You're about to detonate. Explode. We all know. We feel it. We felt it before, brothers and sisters. It says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Because don't let this thing become serious to where what? what you're, now you're taking a tab. On the things that a brother or a sister have done. Because that's that's that thing that will rise up in you. So, you know, speak about it before the sun go down. And don't let that thing carry on and become something. Because it will become something. If you let something in, it will become something. Continue, brother. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Excuse me. Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. Right. So one thing we must realize is that when we make the decision to say, okay, listen, I need to be baptized. I want to be baptized. That's usually the pinnacle. Why? Because you're acknowledging that there's something wrong. Now, you know, that's the acknowledgement. That's a form of repentance. It's saying, okay, I know there's something in me. There's something wrong about me. Something that I like to do or something that I've done that I know that I need to have a new slate. Some brothers and sisters don't even understand the significance of, you know, saying that there's something wrong. Because why? Since now that you realize it, you can be baptized and I can send the Holy Spirit. That's what the Most High is saying. He can send the Holy Spirit once you're baptized. But um, you, that's only going to happen if you recognize that we've been wrong. So once we recognize that, we make the proper arrangements to say we want to go through the water. And that's really the beginning, brothers and sisters. Uh, read, read 28, brother, one more time. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That it may minister grace, brothers and sisters. A lot of times, you know, we don't like to admit certain characteristics about ourselves. And when somebody does, we what? Run to hide. The same way Adam and Eve did. Once they sinned, what did they do? They were shamed. They felt shameful, so they hid themselves. A lot of times that's what we do, brothers and sisters. We do the same thing. We run to hide and protect whatever it is instead of apologizing and admitting it. Continue, brother. Verse 30. 
and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. Right, and a lot of times people will think that, you know, that certain thing that how you used to be, you actually think that's you. Some people will say, you know, well, that's just how I am. Don't push my buttons. That's not how you are. <laughs> that's a spirit. That's not who you are. And that spirit will fight against you. Because why? That whole time, the spirit knew that there was something out there, the Holy Spirit, that could defeat it. So the whole time is pushing you the other way. Doesn't want you to go that way because they know. If they contend with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get this behind kicked. What scripture are you on, brother? 30? I just read 30. Yeah, yeah read that one more time. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Right. So that spirit wants you by yourself. So what? It's going to make everyone outside of you an enemy to keep the vessel to itself. He's actually trying to separate anybody that may be able to help you. He's trying to separate you from anybody that may be able to get to you. So now you're just a fit. You're defensive now. Because there's something there that could be true. So now we want to go to the origin of that spirit. We're going to Second Edgers. Chapter 3. We're going to the Apographer, brothers and sisters. Esdras is Ezra. The same as Ezra. This is a, another account of Ezra's. That's in your Apographer. Those who are following us for the first time, the Apographer, the King James Version Apographer, is 14 books that were taken out of the King James Version Bible. By the Protestants and the Catholics. You can buy Bibles. If you buy a 1611 Bible. It have. All 80 books in it. We have Cambridge University books. We have Oxford University books. These are published records. That are being taught in schools. In private schools. A lot of these private schools. Brothers and sisters. So we're going to second address. We're going to read chapter 3. We're going to read verse 17 through 22. Second Ezra 3 and 17. And it came to pass that when thou ledest his seed out of Egypt, thou broughtest them up to the Mount Sinai. Right. And, and bowing, bowing the heavens, thou didst set fast the earth, movest the whole world, and madest the depth to tremble, and troubleth the men of that age. And thy glory went through four gates of fire. Four gates. So it's letting you know that there's four doorways into the heavenly realm on Mount Sinai, brothers and sisters. This is the area that we're going to go back to before the second coming of Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And thy glory went through four gates of fire and of earthquake and of wind and of cold, that thou mightest give the law unto the seed of Jacob. And diligence unto the generation of Israel. Right. Give the law unto the seed of Jacob. So other other nations aren't going to follow these laws. They're not going to follow your holy days. You'll follow theirs though. You'll be out there on St. Patrick's Day. July 4th and all that. Those same people are nowhere to be found on your days though. <laughs> That's how it is. Continue brother. Verse 20. And yet tookest thou not away from this. Them a wicked heart. Read that part again. And yet took it thou not away from them a wicked heart. Right. So he's saying you gave us. Why did you give us the law and not take away the wicked heart? That's what he's saying, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 20. 
And yet tookest thou not away from them a wicked heart, that thy law might bring forth fruit in them. Right. So why give us the law if we have something in us that, you know, makes us not want to follow somehow? That's that heart, that wicked heart that came with Adam, brothers and sisters, when he made that decision to sin. There was a law of sin and death that was instituted in the earth. Continue, brother. Verse 21. For the first Adam, bearing a wicked heart, transgressed and was overcome, and so be all, and so be all they that are born of him. Right. So he was overcome. He bared a wicked heart. He transgressed. He was overcome. And those who are born from him would inherit this. So we all have it. This isn't just something that Israel has. All nations are from Adam. And they have this same th wicked heart, brothers and sisters. So we were disobedient. There's disobedience still in Adam's children. That's what this is saying. It says, read 21 one more time, brother. Verse 21. For the first Adam bearing a wicked heart transgressed and was overcome. And so be all they that are born of him. So be all they that are born from him. All his children have these same... These same uh, troubles, brothers and sisters. These same troubles. Let us prove it to you. Jeremiah 17 and 9. It's the wicked heart, brothers and sisters. It's our mind. That's always there. Even when you know the right thing to do, there'll always be something that's telling you don't do it. That's the proof that there's something else there. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? See, so it's that wicked heart that we got from Adam, brothers and sisters. We all have it. That's why we must look, you know, contextualize and look inside of things that could make me rise, make me anger, make me change back. Even if it's for a minute. Those things have to be addressed, brothers and sisters, because why? Those things could keep us out of the kingdom. Those things can ultimately keep us out of the kingdom, brothers and sisters. So, unleavened bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is seven days for us to reflect on the past year, how much we've grown, how much, how much more growing we have to do. What things can we work on? Pick one thing at a time and say, you know what? That I don't really like about myself. That's okay. That's okay that you don't have things you don't like about yourself. We all do. We all have things that we don't like about ourselves. Unless you're just dealing in all types of sin. Only somebody who's dealing in all types of sin and is, have no law don't feel that there's something wrong. We all know there's things that we can do better, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah 64 and 6. Because a lot of times people look at the truth and then they think, oh, because they're following the law, right? That everything's okay. And listen, it's easy to stop eating pork. It's easy to stop celebrating Christmas. What about that thing that's inside of you, though? How easy is that to correct? It's easy to not celebrate Easter. That's easy. But what about that other thing that's inside of you? We're going to Isaiah 64 and 6. Isaiah 64, verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Read that part again. And all our righteousness are as filthy filthy rags. All of our righteousness combined is a filthy rag to the Most High. We all got dirt. We all done dirt. We still dirty. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. 
But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind, and have took, taken us away. Right, and so we all have sinned. We all have something that we need to look inside of ourselves and see that it may not be favorable. It may not be becoming. Because why? If that thing rise in us, then it, it's a doorway back into that other man. And why? When you go back to that other man or that other woman, the Holy Spirit must flee. And that's why these spirits attack you. Because they know that if you sin, the Holy Spirit will flee. Brothers and sisters, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is about examining yourself. Examining that leaven that's within us. That wicked behavior, that wicked heart that we have. And how do we buffer it and keep it at bay? That's what we should do during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Don't look to, you know... Point out things that other people are doing wrong. Because the Israelites, it seems like that's what being an Israelite have become. Who can tell who that you're doing something wrong? Or you're reading the scripture wrong? That's what it's become. To some degree. And it's, the Most High didn't give us the truth for that. He gave us the truth for us. For us to get ourselves together. And come together and be together. Not to go tell everybody what they're doing wrong. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah 64 and 6. Verse 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Right, that's crystal clear. Let's go to Lamentations 3 and 40. It's right after Jeremiah, brothers and sisters. Lamentations 3, verse 40. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Right, so we must inspect ourselves for weakness. That's what we must inspect. That's what inspectors do, right? They'll come into maybe a, a place, an establishment that deals with food and just make sure that they're up to code, make sure everything is at the proper levels, everything is controlled. That's how we must be, brothers and sisters. We must search and try our own ways. Be your own judge. Judge yourself. That's what we should do, brothers and sisters. Scrutinize ourselves righteously. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 40. Let us search and try our own ways and turn again to the Lord. Right. Turn again to the Lord. We all, the Bible said, our righteousness is as a filthy rag. So we all should search our ways, especially during this time, brothers and sisters. Let's go back to Edris, second Edris three and uh, excuse me, four, chapter four. We're going to read uh, verse 22. Second Edris four and 22. Then answered I and said, I beseech thee, O Lord. Let me have understanding. So Ezra cried out to the Most High. We're going to see why. Verse 23. For it was not my mind to be curious of the high things, but of such as pass by us daily, namely wherefore Israel is given up as a reproach to the heathen. And for what cause the people whom thou hast loved is given over into ungodly nations. 
and why the law of our forefathers is brought to naught, and the written co covenants come to none effect. So Ezra is saying there's laws throughout the whole earth, and nobody's following the Most High's laws. Why is it that if we're your chosen people, everybody hate us? Why is there no love? Why is there no rest for us? That's what he's asking. That's what Ezra's asking. Because why? Ezra's, he was, <laughs> he was restless back then. You think you're restless. He was restless back then. Our people have been tired for a long time. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. For it was not my mind to be curious of the high things, but of such as passed by us daily, namely wherefore Israel is given up, given up as a reproach to the heathen. For what caused the people whom thou hast loved is given over unto ungodly nations. And why the law of our forefathers is brought to naught, and the written covenants come to none effect. And we pass away out of the world as grasshoppers, and our life is astonishment and fear, and we are not worthy to obtain mercy. Right, so we should not operate in the spirit of fear, brothers and sisters. That is not the spirit of Christ or of the Most High. They use death to, to keep you in subjection. That's what they use, brothers and sisters. It's a form of control. Read that part one more time, brother. Verse 24. And we pass away out of the world as grasshoppers. And our life is, astonished, is astonishment and fear. And we are not worthy to obtain mercy. Why out of all people Israel get no mercy? That's what he's asking. Continue, brother. Verse 25. What will he then do unto his name, whereby we are called? Of these things have I asked. Then answered he me and said, The more thou searchest, the more thou shalt the, the more thou shalt marvel, for the world hasteth fast to pass away, and cannot comprehend the things that are promised to the righteous in time of come. For this world is full of unrighteousness and infirmities. Read that read that part again, brother. For this world is full of unrighteousness and infirmities. Right, so when our father Adam sinned, it became cancerous throughout the whole world. It just started spreading. From there. That was all through our father Adam. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. And cannot comprehend the things that are promised to the righteous in time to come. For this world is full of unrighteousness and infirmities. Right. So, a lot of times we get impatient because we're subject to time, brothers and sisters. So, we get impatient. But in the heavens, it's already over. They've already seen it. So our, you know, our rulership, our winning, Christ coming, all of that's been done in the heavens. But for us who are subject to time, sometimes we get tireless because we're subject to time. Continue, brother. Verse 29. If therefore that which is sown be not turned upside down, and if the place where the evil is sown pass not away, then cannot, then cannot it come that is sown with good? Actually, brother, read verse 28. I'm sorry. Verse 28. But as concerning the things whereof thou asketh me, I will tell thee. For the evil is sown, but the destruction thereof is not yet come. Right, so the evil has been sown by Adam. But what? The destruction for Adam's sin have not come yet. Why? Because there's still death, brothers and sisters. So through that sin from Adam, there was a judgment that was to come. That's the only reason for time, brothers and sisters, because there's a judgment coming. Or we wouldn't need to keep time. What are you counting down to? You're counting down to judgment. It's just like going to your job. If you know, if, if you 
If you're not leaving, then there's no reason to look at the time because you're not waiting on anything. There's no big moment that you're waiting on. You don't need to keep time at all. There's a judgment coming, brothers and sisters. And until certain things happen, the you know, Christ can't come back. We can't have our rulership until certain things happen. Why? Because the Most High said it. And when he says it, his words don't come back void. Impossible. So because he said certain things and made certain covenants and promises is why it had taken so long, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. But as concerning the things whereof thou askest me, I will tell thee. For the evil is sowing, but the destruction thereof is not yet come. Right. So in order for the good to break through, the whole this whole construct must be destroyed. In order for light to break through, this whole thing have to crumble. Not yet. Continue, brother. Verse 29. If therefore that which is sowing be not turned upside down, and if the place where the evil is sowing pass not away, then cannot it come that is sowing with good? For the grain of evil seed hath been sown in the heart of Adam read from that, the beginning. Read that part again, brother. Verse 30. For the grain of evil seed hath been sown in the heart of Adam from the beginning. Right, see, so a little leaven affects the whole thing. See, it was a seed. And now look at it. <laughs> look at it now. Look how it spread. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. For the grain of evil seed hath been sown in the heart of Adam from the, the beginning. And how much ungodliness hath it brought up until this time? And how much shall it yet bring forth until the time of Threshing come. Right, the time of threshing. So it's saying all of this that have transpired have come from the seed, from the sin of our father. Because why? The fruit don't fall far from the tree. Mm -hmm. So that same thing that's in your father is in you too. Mm -hmm. And it says the, the floor of the threshing. Why? Because the threshing is when you have uh, some mechanical device that it separates the grain from the, you know, from the plant or the corn from the plant and it drops the other part on the ground so you would sweep up all the other parts bind it in a bundle and then burn it this is what it's talking about read that uh, scripture one more time brother verse 30 for the grain of evil seed hath been sown in the heart of Adam from the beginning and how much ungodliness hath it brought up until this time and how much shall it yet bring forth until the time of the threshing comes right so how much sin will it bring forth from that one sin of Adam and Eve until the time of threshing let us show you what the time of threshing is Matthew 3 and 11 to show you what is the threshing the time of the threshing Matthew 3 verse 11 I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So the first baptism is water, brothers and sisters. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Right. So that final, that final purging will be with fire. That's the time of the threshing, the final purging for those on the threshing floor. So until that time... Once a certain amount of sin accumulates, the Most High will tap Christ on the shoulder and tell him go. But there have to be a certain amount of sin that have to accumulate. Also, there have to be a certain amount of the Most High's elect that must be born in this earth. And see, that's why they're pushing vaccinations. That's why they're pushing gangs. That's why they're pushing abortions. Because they know it's a certain number. So they're trying to make sure we don't, you know obtain that number. They're doing everything they possibly can. 
Because why? The Most High said there's be 144,000. And they know that. Let's go to Malachi 3 and 1. Because we needed to show you that the first baptism was water. But the next is fire. That's the time of threshing. We're going to Malachi 3 and 1. Malachi 3 verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Right, now, all Israelites received the law. We all received the law. We all received the commandments. But there will be a new covenant that was coming through with Christ, but through who? John the Baptist. See? So this was part of that purge. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to, come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is, like, he is like a refiner fire. Right, a refiner's fire, brothers and sisters. The time of the threshing. Continue. And like fueler's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. Right, so there will be a new way coming through Christ. You must go through Christ's path. So what's the first thing Christ did? He was baptized. See, so we have to follow that path because why? Baptism is a form of repentance. And that's the new path. We're not going to get in because you're Israel like it was before. There's something that have to be done. There's guidelines. There's guidelines, brothers and sisters, on who's going to make it. And you must buffer yourself and stay away from the evil and the temptation to be temperamental. Because why? The Most High will hand choose who's going into the kingdom. He'll say, him, he needs to go. Yep, she's going to go. Why? Because they denied their flesh. They chose this. They chose this kingdom because they did what I said and denied themselves. So he's going to hand pick, brothers and sisters. Uh, read verse 3, brother, one more time. Verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Eli and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Purify the sons of Levi. This is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a Levite, brothers and sisters. So the new way would be through baptism, repentance, right? Why? Because when you're, when you're about to go through the water, what comes to your mind? You start to deal with the remembrance of all the sinning that you've done since the inception, since the beginning. And now how are you about to get a new slate? That's what goes through your mind. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Right, an offering in righteousness. Now the Most High will accept us when we go through this new, this new covenant, this new way. Let's go back to 2nd Ezra. This is the spiritual significance of unleavened bread, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2nd Ezra 4 and 30. 
Second Ezra 4 verse 30. For the grain of evil seed hath been sown in the heart of Adam from the beginning. And how much ungodliness hath it brought up until this time? <clears throat> and how much shall it yet bring forth until the time of threshing come? Ponder now by thyself how great fruit of wickedness the grain of evil seed hath brought forth. Right, what great fruit that evil seed hath brought forth amongst everybody, all of Adam's children. All of Adam's children. Continue, brother. Verse, verse 32. And when the ears shall be cut down, which are without number, how great a floor shall they feel? <clears throat> okay. So, what Ezra is asking is, why give us the law when it seems impossible to follow it? Because why? You have the wicked heart. So he's asking, why are we under these people? We're your chosen people. Why are we under these people? How long? He wants to know how long before freedom comes. Liberation comes. Watch. He's going to tell you. Continue, brother. Verse 33. Then I answered and said, how when shall these things come to pass? See, so how long before these things come to pass? Ezra was asking, asking back then. I know brothers and sisters are thinking... Man, I'm trying to be blessed. I'm looking for freedom. I'm looking to be liberated. I'm looking for rulership. Ezra was saying the same thing, brothers and sisters. But until the time of the end, until all be fulfilled, we can't receive it. That's why we must, what? Check out that leaven, our leaven levels. Work on that while we're waiting on the bridegroom. Deal with ourselves and the things that we need to fix, our goals about ourselves. And we're not talking about physical things. We're not talking about how you look or what you're driving or where you live. It's something inside of you. It's that man. It's that <coughs> wicked man. It's that wicked woman. That Adam that we got from Adam. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 33. Then I answered and said, How and when shall these things come to pass? Wherefore are our years few and evil? And he answered me, saying, do not thou hasten above the most highest, for thy haste... Read that one more time, brother. Verse 34. And he answered me, saying, Do not thou hasten above the most high, for thy haste is in vain to be above him, for thou hast much exceeded. Right, so he's saying, Ezra, you're you, you asking information that's too high for you. Don't think that you're, you're on the most highest level where you can just start asking him certain things. That's what he's telling like you're you're one of them. You'll make it, but you you overstepping your boundaries now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse thirty four. And he answered me, saying, "Do not thou hasten above the Most High, for thy haste is in vain to be above him, for thou hast much exceeded." Right. So the angel told him, "Pump your brakes, buddy. Pump your brakes." <laughs> Continue, brother. Verse thirty five. Did not the souls also of the righteous ask questions of these things? In their chambers. Right. So even those who were in, uh, you know, in habitation were asking how long. The angel was telling you, focus on perfecting yourself. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Because why? People will come to us and ask us, well, how are Gentiles going to make it? Are Gentiles going to make it into the kingdom? And I'm like, are you going to make it into the kingdom? You don't need to worry about are Gentiles going to make it into the kingdom. Right. Work on your leaven. Because why? The Bible said, don't ask how the, how the unrighteous will be punished, but yet how we will be rewarded. 
So people who are not going to make it, I'm not concerned with how they're not going to make it. I need to worry about making sure I get there. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 35. Did not the souls also of the righteous ask questions of, of these things in their chambers, saying, How long shall I hope on this fashion? When cometh the fruit of the floor of our reward? See, when comes the reward? The Most High, or the angels telling him, just focus on perfecting yourself. Don't worry about all that other stuff out there. You're going too high. Bring it down and keep it to yourself. Check out the leaven inside of you. Deal with that. Continue, brother. Verse 36. And unto these things Uriel the archangel gave them answer and said, even when the number of seeds is filled in you, for he hath weighed the world in the balance. Right. So first thing we got to do is Uriel's telling him, put yourself in subjection, brothers and sisters, because why? The hardest man to defeat is yourself. The hardest man or woman to defeat is yourself. That's who you're fighting against. You're not fighting against a white man. White man is not your problem. Your biggest conflict is within all of us, brothers and sisters. Because why? If you can conquer that man or woman, I'll put you over all man and woman. If you can do that, that's where we are. That's where we're at, brothers and sisters. Read that uh, scripture one more time, brother. Verse 36. And unto these things, Uriel the archangel gave them answer and said, Even when the number of seeds is filled in you, for he hath weighed the world in the balance. Right. So a number of people must come into the earth. That's what he's saying. There's a specific number of people that have to come into the earth. They have to. Because the Most High have balanced it already. He can't go back on what he said. The Most High knows what's going on and how long it needs to be. You don't know. And it's not really for me to know, us to know. He just wants us to be righteous and do what he said. Therefore, whenever it happens... You'll be rewarded because you're doing the right thing and not trying to just do it, you know, because you hear him walking up the steps. You remember your parents used to leave you home and then tell you to do something. And then you hear the car pull up, you start vacuuming, you start cleaning dishes and all of that. Right. The most high don't want you doing that. He wants you to be righteous and continuously work and, you know, stay at the feet of your, your, your teacher, which is Christ. Stay at Christ's feet, brothers and sisters. And when the bridegroom crumbs, you'll be ready for the wedding. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 36. And unto these things, Uriel the archangel gave them answer and said, Even when the number of seeds is filled in you, for he hath weighed the world in the balance. By measure hath he measured the times, and by number hath he numbered the times. Right, so he can't go back on that measurement. He measured a number of the elect brothers and sisters. Continue. And he doeth not move nor stir them until the said measure be fulfilled. Right. So once a certain level of sin is accomplished through the sin of Adam, then, then that's when. Continue, brother. Verse 38. Then answered I and said, O Lord, that beareth rule, even we, even we all are full of empathy. Right. So even we all have some type of iniquity or impiety in us. See, and a lot of times we don't like to acknowledge our hand in things. We want to worry about, oh, the white man did this and the white man did that. What did you do? <laughs> a lot of times we don't like to acknowledge what we've done, even outside of captivity, things that have transpired in our life when you know you had a hand in it. You didn't just get dealt a bunch of bad cards. You got dealt bad cards, too, but you made bad choices. We made bad choices. I made bad choices. A lot of times we don't like to 
you know, shine a light on some of those bad choices we may have made. That's what we need to do. We need to pinpoint the spirit. Therefore, we can fight it. If you recognize what it is, now you can fight. You can't fight. It's just like when you, you know, you're young, you're in the world, you're about to fight somebody, right? You see him, you see a big dude, right? You're like, oh, no, I got to stay away from him. He grab me, he going to slam me. You sizing it up. Or you got a young dude who might be, he's small, he's fast. You're like, oh, hold on, I got to grab him. So the same way, once you recognize the battle, now you see the spirit. Now you can see how you can fight that spirit now because you recognize it now. That's how it works, brothers and sisters. Now you're looking for what? The weapon, right? Okay, I know, you know, it's like this. It's tall or it's big or whatever. It's a giant. What weapon do I need now? You got to recognize it first before you know, you know you need a weapon. So it's not bad to recognize there's something wrong in you. There's something there. It may not come out all the time, but there's something there that needs to be attended to. All of us. To make sure that we are chosen for the kingdom. Let's go to Hosea 7 and 4. We hope, brothers and sisters, go back on this broadcast during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Hosea 7, verse 4. They are all adulterers, as an oven heated by the ba- by the baker who seeketh from raising after he hath kneaded the dough until it be leavened. Right, so th- read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 4. They are all adulterers, as an oven heated by the baker who seeketh from raising after he hath kneaded the dough until it be leavened. Right, so if you don't practice restraint, of that spirit, you're going to explode. Just like this is saying, a hot oven, a bunch of yeast, just rising and rising and rising in you. How much will make you rise? How much until you explode, till you detonate, till I detonate? We must recognize it and what fruits come from the spirit. That's what we have to do. It's that thing that I know that I, you know, that I know sometimes my attitude goes like this, or I'm really impatient when it comes to that. Or, you know, Satan want me to go back and start looking at, you know, lustful pictures of women or men or whatever. There's always that thing that's there that you'll know it's wrong and you may make the right decision. But you had to make the right decision because there's something there that wants you to do the wrong thing. That's what the Most High wants us to realize, brothers and sisters. There's something there, and we need to recognize it, admit it. Therefore, the Most High can give you the tool to fight it. He can't give you the tool until you recognize there's something there. Once you admit there's something there, then let's work on it. Let's fight now. Galatians 5, brothers and sisters. We're almost finished. Galatians 5 and 14. Galatians 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. See, now Christian will see this and say the law is fulfilled. What law is it talking about? Read that again, brother. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. So the law that it's talking about is the law of sin and death. It's telling you that love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, we understand that it's. You know, it's much more elaborate than love. Love is not just it. 
But this is a key, a key part. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Brother Corey, read verse 14 one more time, please. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right now, love is a thoughtful, <clears throat> tender emotion. It's first considering someone else. That's love, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that, that ye be not consumed one of another. Right. So there's going to be misunderstandings and disagreements. But be aware that you don't go to the point of where you're destroying each other. We need to be aware, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 16. This I say then. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Read that one more time. Verse 16. This I say then. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, brothers and sisters. We must walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the flesh. That old man, Adam. Those things we used to like. Those things we used to be entertained by. The things we used to think was cool and funny and cute. Those same things that are sent to the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Read that part again. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. Right, see? So you know what's right. We know what's right, but... Our flesh is still going to remind you that it's there. It's always going to, it's still going to be times where it reminds you that it's there. And what? Psychologists introduced the thought of what? Uh, individualism. They introduced that thought or distinctiveness, right? Because they figured that they could market that. So listen, everybody wants to be different so I can sell different products because somebody wants to have more than somebody else or more shoes or nicer shoes or nicer dresses. See, they use that because they knew that it was something in our flesh that was a craving to feed the flesh. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17, for the, the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Right, so they thought that they would tap into the spirit within us, into that gluttonous, ravening, craving spirit that's, it, that's within us to fulfill our flesh. That's why everything is just consumerism now. There's advertisements here, oh, car here, bikini woman here, smoke weed here. This is, this is why they did this. This is why there's billboards all over the place, because it... Food here, ha hamburger here, bacon here. It just wants you to think about fulfilling your flesh. That's what that spirit wants you to do. Just think about fulfilling everything your flesh wants. Continue, brother. <coughs> 18. But if, if, ye be if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. See, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. This is not speaking about the law of Moses, brothers and sisters. This is talking about the law of sin and death. Because why? If you're led by the spirit... You're following the law, which means there's no death. Continue, brother. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? These are the works of the flesh, brothers and sisters. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, 
lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that ye which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Right, so these are the seeds that bring forth the flesh. So what we should do is we should look at these and say, which ones do I malign with occasionally when my spirit may be weak or frail? Which one of these do I most stumble to? That's what that's what this scripture is for, brothers and sisters. Read that. Uh, read it from the top, brother. Read uh, verse nineteen through. Verse nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition. Sedition. Somebody who just coming up, with, who want to just argue. Continue, brother. Heresies. Heresies is somebody coming with a, a, a something that make you choose a side, a heretical doctrine, which would make come into a group of 20 people and then start making subgroups in it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe this. Or I do this and I do that. That's a heretical doctrine because you're looking to separate. Continue. Envying. Murders. Envying. Listen, none of us should be envying each other, brothers and sisters, or any of the gifts that some think that, you know, somebody may have. Because why? I'm sure that the Most High gave everybody gifts equally the same measure, just in a different category. So that one person may be good at this. And then you have a sister who's just as good at something else. So we shouldn't envy each other, brothers and sisters. Continue. Murdering. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Continue. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, if Christ is ruling your members, this is the Spirit that you're dealing in. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Temperance. Temperance, that means being temperamental. Controlling yourself, be angry, sin not. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Right. If this is your spirit, you're keeping that sin of Adam in servitude. That's what this is saying. If you're practicing these, then that sin, that heart that we all have, gets smaller and smaller and smaller. It'll always be there, but at least you could... Reduce it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. This is not talking about the law of Moses. This is talking about the law of sin and death that came with Adam. Remember, it said that that the heart, that all that came from Adam would have. That's the law is talking. Continue, brother. Verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Read that one more time. Verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Crucified the flesh because the the conflict is within us. That's the greatest conflict, brothers and sisters. It's within us. It's our flesh. It's not anybody on the outside of you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24, and they that are Christ 
have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous or of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Being desirous of vain glory is somebody who who's looking to get glory from a compliment. Somebody who's looking for compliments. Be careful of that, brothers and sisters. Read that uh, last scripture again, brother. Verse 26. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Yeah, provoking one another. Brothers and sisters, we shouldn't provoke one another. Because some people would just put something out there to see the reaction. They'll just put something out there then stand back and look at it to see what it becomes. The Bible calls it a fiery dart. Just putting something out there to stir something up. Be careful of that, brothers and sisters. Be very careful. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. We have three more passages and we're going to close it out. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Keep your vessel under subjection. That means in full control of it. Continue, brother. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. See? So those of us who know what's right and trying to get people to put down the pork and pick up the holidays, we must get our body in subjection and continue to control it and exercise that. No matter how you know long you've known or how many scriptures you can break down, none of that matters. The conflict is within all of us, including myself. We all have to attend to that, brothers and sisters. It's that leaven, that old man, that old woman that we used to be. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 31. 1 Corinthians 11 and 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Read that again. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. See, judge yourself, brothers and sisters. That's being an adult. That's being mature. That's being mature. Not saying I'm going to accept me for who I... You got to accept me for who I am. That's who I am. That's just who I've always been. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're being disingenuous. Judge yourself and say, you know what? I don't like that about myself. I don't like that about myself. And I know that's wrong and I need to change that. Now you go to the Most High, you pray to Him, then what? He send you the Holy Spirit. He send some help. He send you the tools that you need to fight that man, to fight that woman, that old woman. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That's where we need to be at, brothers and sisters. Because if you're going to judge the world... If you're going to be in control, lawmakers, then you must judge yourself. Because why? If you can't judge yourself, who's going to trust you to judge them? You must judge yourself, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 and 10. 1 Peter 1 verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. 
of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Right. So we must, for our salvation, inquire, search our souls, search ourselves to make sure that our access will be granted into the kingdom. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Right, so search diligently yourself. Search diligently, brothers and sisters. Because why? That one thing, that thing may be it that holds you up. The Most High going to handpick you. He's going to handpick us to go into the kingdom, into this new world. He's going to handpick us, but why? We must deny our flesh and judge ourselves. We have to judge ourselves, brothers and sisters. That's the key thing. If you are, you know, honest with yourself about things that you have to change, then that opens the door for other people to listen to you. Because you know there's things that you need to change, and you're not trying to belittle me. If you, If I'm wrong, don't belittle me. Educate me. Mm-hmm. So we must... Make sure that we're willing to put ourselves on the front line before we share anything with anybody else. Because why? We have that wicked heart in us. We're going to go to one last scripture. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to read 45. First Corinthians 15 and 45. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Linking perfectly to what? To second Ezra's. Where it talked about the first Adam. The second Adam. Continue. The last Adam was made a, a quickening spirit. Right. So the first Adam, we know, had the transgression, the wicked heart. The second Adam is who? The second Adam is Christ. Read that again, brother. Verse 45. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. Right, so Adam had rulership over the entire earth, but what? He lost that to Satan when he partook on that fruit. So Christ, as the second Adam, got it back. See? He was the perfected Adam. Continue, brother. Verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is Lord from heaven. That's Christ. Verse 48. As, it, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Right, so we must kill Adam, in a sense, our old man, our old Adam, that wicked heart, and become Christ. Continue. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Right, so we shall look at Christ and try to mimic him and mirror him. Compare yourself to Christ. Brothers and sisters, we must compare ourselves, our attributes. And when you go and look at Christ's attributes, all his attributes are on like 150. You go to my attributes, they're like 40, speed 40, power 25. That's how we are. Our attributes aren't up there like Christ, but we're looking to, you know, do some spiritual push-ups, some spiritual sit-ups, do some soul searching, looking inside of ourselves. So we can change. That's what the Feast of Unleavened Bread is about, brothers and sisters. That's the spiritual significance behind it. Continue, brother. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Right. And see, now that shows you what that means. He's talking about the first Adam. That first Adam won't make it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Right, changed from that wicked heart that came with Adam into Christ. Continue, brother. You must be Christ in order to get the kingdom, brothers and sisters. You must come as Christ did and deny your flesh. You have to. Continue, brother. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. See, so once we've done role reversal, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death will be swallowed up in victory. Why? Because you became that new woman, that new man. Continue. Verse 55. <clears throat> O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? See, so now you have the power over death. Now you have the power. Continue. Verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Right, so death is the result of what? Sin. And the strength of what? Read that again, brother. Verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. See? So death is sin. The strength of death is the law. See? That's how you don't die. You change yourself into Christ. We all, brothers and sisters, have to examine that leaven that we have within us that could cause us to rise. Especially if we think that we're going to share something with somebody. Because why? If it haven't changed you, then I, I, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to follow your holy days and I don't want to follow anything else you're dealing with because it hasn't even changed you. So why would I want to follow it? See, that's how people are looking. Continue, brother. Verse 57. But thanks, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always doing the work, brothers and sisters. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Right. Your labor is not in vain. So through this soul searching and perfecting yourself and work, earnest work, following the Most High's laws, statutes and commandments, sharing the word, sharing the gospel, teaching, baptizing, healing, the, all those things that we can do, men and women, brothers and sisters, you will get a reward. This lesson was the spiritual significance of. Of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I think today we we put a nice bow on it. To show brothers and sisters that there's a spiritual leaven. That during the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Which starts on March 24th, 2018. And it goes to seven days later. Sundown. We're going to examine ourselves brothers and sisters. We're not only going to examine the food. To make sure there's no... Rising agents in it. We're going to examine ourselves. We want to say. We love you guys. Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more.